Oh, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Dorfman Theatre. Thank you very much for coming to this evening's platform. Uh, my name's Stephanie, and it's my great pleasure to introduce you this evening to the director, Jeremy Heron, and the writer, Duncan McMillan. Jeremy is artistic director of Headlong, who've co-produced People, Places and Things. His recent successes include The Nether in the West End and the RSC production of <laughs> <laughs> Wolf Hall and Bring Up the Bodies, which is currently playing on Broadway. Duncan's recent work includes 1984 in the West End, Every Brilliant Thing, Lungs, and 2071 at the Royal Court. I'd like to begin by asking both of you about uh, the origins of this play. Um, Duncan, you wrote it a while back. Perhaps you could tell us a bit about what interested you first. Was it the subject of addiction or the particular role of AA in these kind of therapy groups, or did they both emerge together? Um, the, the the truthful answer is I can't quite remember. <laughs> it was the first draft, certainly the first draft was written years and years ago, and it's been through many, many, which Jeremy and I were just talking about, uh, it's going to be fun to go back and reread that first draft that I think Jeremy read of mine, which opened in Euro Disney, and um, which this doesn't, that's spoiler alert, um, uh, and where it's entirely different. I think there's two scenes from that um, play but from that draft which have ended up in, the, in what you'll see tonight or have already seen. Um, uh, I think it was a number of things um, and I'm not quite sure in the order of importance, one of which was uh, when I started writing it, it felt like writers were, uh, weren't writing uh, big strong protagonist plays so much uh, and when um, J uh, Jerusalem came along um, I think part of the impact of that for me anyway was watching uh, a really dominant central character um, as well as a really great ensemble around them and I thought I'd quite like to do that and um, quite self-consciously quite, would quite like to do that for, for uh, an actress rather than an actor um, and um, because there were just so many really good actresses that I didn't feel were being stretched um, in the way that I think they a lot of them really wanted to, to be. Um, uh, what else? Yeah, and I thought, yeah, I, I just think uh, I want. Uh, yes, addiction did interest me, and addiction and, and um, putting someone through that kind of very particular hell um, and seeing what, how they emerge from the other side, I thought was an interesting challenge. I can't remember exactly <laughs> what the genesis of, it, of of that confluence of those things was, but um, uh, yeah. I also I think there was something in there as well about wanting to write about mothers and mothers and daughters, because I just got a bit bored of plays about fathers and sons, which seems to be <laughs> the backbone of American and British drama for a while, um, and I, I and uh, I was just really interested in that relationship and the complexity of that relationship, how it was acting out in a lot of the uh, a lot of my friends' experiences um, uh, with their mothers. And I just didn't see that on stage, so I, th I thought that might be an interesting strand to weave through. Jeremy, what point did you get involved with this play, and it did Headlong pick it up, or had you found it before and felt that it would be the right mm -hmm. sort of thing for Headlong to get involved I with? Thought it was, I thought Duncan writing something for Headlong was a kind of priority. It was, he was the, I think he was the first writer that I approached when, when I was appointed as artistic director, because I'd loved his work and thought he was a kind of underrated actually um, at the time and this is a couple of years ago and typically you know he's 
conquering the world and everybody seems I'm to be... I'm overrated now. Yeah. <laughs> it's a matter of time. There was a window there where you yeah. were just rated. <laughs> and thank God for Headlong, we got in there right, right at the right time. So, no, it's really one, it was a priority to produce his work and to see what he's up to because I thought, um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a shift, I think, in, in English, British playwriting to be, particularly English playwriting, actually, um, to, to face towards Europe and what's happening there in terms of an interest in, in form, which is, a, which is an interesting and a great thing. But I think um, what a lot of people were avoiding missing out was a kind of an emotional, um, and a, an emotional context and a humanity. And I think Duncan's very special in the sense that he can play with form. There's a, always an intellectual investigation in, in his work. Um, but o often that form incorporates um, an emotional uh, contact with the audience that is really satisfying. So that's the f I, for me as a writer, without making me uh, too embarrassed, that he's got a full set of skills. And um, so I saw what he had, and he, he had this he had this play, albeit in a very early draft. But it was all the virtues of the of of the show as it stands at the moment, even though it's gone through uh, sort of an entire seven-year cycle of changing its every particle of its. Uh, of its makeup, but it still had that beating heart, and that character was, even though she had a variety of different jobs, um, <laughs> she was right. she was a musician when I met her. But apparently there was a, an iteration where she was a comedian before that, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and now she's an actress. We're just looking for people with the most troubled uh, yeah. psyche, <laughs> the professions with the most likelihood of addiction and uh, difficulty. It, it, yeah, I think it was really. It was it was uh, reading something about how. Um, there's huge amounts of uh, uh, problems with addiction um, to various things in the classical music scene. And I just thought, that's something I didn't know, and mm. I'd be interested to mm. see that. And I th uh, there was sort of a really cheating final scene where she played the violin to virtuoso levels <laughs> after seeing her being on stage for two hours and two, two you know, plus. Um, and I just thought that'd be a great moment in the theatre. And then we just thought, oh, we can't cast that. <laughs> That's quite um, a rare skill set. Yeah, and it was also then the, the sort of investigation into identity and how, how, we, how we live in the modern world. I thought the, the, the filter for that and, and the, how theatre speaks to its audience. And uh, I, that, was, that inevitably led to what the character does now. So she's an actor, we can say that. Yeah, she, yeah. She's an actor. And um, it's very interesting, I think, that idea of theatricality in the character because she's when we see her she's presenting well, when we first encounter her she's pre presenting one identity and then there's a series of identities that she's putting forward and it's very hard to get to know her and I suppose there's, you're making that equation between the way people behave when they are going through problems of addiction and the way that they are perhaps it's a way of trying to find a different kind of self or a different way of being. Yeah, which is true of all of us, isn't it? Mm. Whether we have, whether we're very functional people or whether, you know, we're struggling with all sorts of things. I think we, we, are, I don't know, is there, <laughs> oh God, I'm trying to give the, uh, the qu most succinct and less, least pretentious answer to these questions, <laughs> um, uh, which is a struggle for me. Um, I think we, uh, we try, we, we, we renegotiate our identity to, depending on who, we, who we're with and what, uh, what the context of the situation is. And this, I'm sitting here now very consciously <laughs> listening to myself presenting a very particular version of myself now. It's a, this, and that speaks to a particular, oh, now I'm just doing what the play does, doesn't it? 
But I think that's one of the, <laughs> I think that's one of the, the great things about it is that it, it's not about, I never, I never felt that the play was about addiction per se, it was about who we think we are and how we express our mm. identity and, and, and where that <coughs> conflict and that, those contradictions occur. And I think in, in Emma, you've created a, just an utterly fantastic sort of um, lightning rod for all of that tension. And I think um, it's possible and likely because of the way it's, it's written for the audience to come and find themselves in, in that, in those contradictions. And that, that seems to be um, a more interesting departure point for a play than, than a sort of an informative piece about addiction. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and well, it's, I was interested that you mentioned Jerusalem and, and the idea of having this one very dominant character, but within an ensemble, because that seems tailor-made for the idea of one person following one person's story, but as they go through mm. the idea of group therapy. So, at what point did the did the interest in the AA program and and looking at that and the dynamic of those relationships come in for you? Um, I, I think I think it's a lot like theatre. I think it's a lot like, and there's moments um, in the play where, um, how do I do, say this without giving any spoilers, where, where people are saying things specifically to the other people in this group about what, what the function of this programme and process is. Which, and the, the, the lines I, I always hear as, uh, as being specifically located in that room with, these, with the fourth walls up, and, but also to, to everyone else in this room where we've all gathered to think about who we are and think about our problems as if they're meaningful and to find some, why, why do we do this? Why do we, why do we pay our money and give up our time and find childcare and you know, find parking and come and give up our evening to come and sit in a dark room and watch people pretending to be other people. There's a total lunacy to it, which I just, uh, you know, which is, I find really compelling. And, 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 um, and I think that that friction point is sort of is, is, is in existence in, in, um, in that play and, in, and in, in this play and in that moment. And um, I think there's, uh, so for, for me, the, the program of rehabilitation that she embarks on and the, particular, the particularities of this particular program that she, she embarks on um, it's, a, it's an opportunity to locate herself uh, in, the, in the present moment to re-understand, recontextualize and understand where she's, what she's done up to this moment in order to plot herself into the future um, and, and try and work out what kind of life she wants to have and how she should go about doing that. And I think if theatre does one thing really well, it's... Um, and often does it really, really badly. It's, it's reminding us that we are existing in the present moment. We're all together in a room thinking about something and we're alive right now in this second and everything that happens after this point is no one, no one knows. No one knows what's gonna happen. <laughs> God, I'm really waffling, no, sorry. No, no, you are. Um, I have a one-year-old and don't sleep much. Um, <laughs> and the, uh, but, but then that speaks to a particular moment uh, for, for my generation, I think, maybe, or maybe every gen every generation goes through this uh, of having to reassess um, the grand narratives that you that you believe in, and, and it's um, uh, re reassess what what you thought your life was going to pan out to be, and 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 this, the place you actually find yourself in, and that's certainly what she's going through, and she's been living one kind of identity and one kind of life, and or many different kind of identity and many different kind of lives, and and now she has to. 
put the brakes on and really reassess exactly who she is now and what she's going to be in the future. And that's that for me, I think, is this sort of that's the existentialist question that theatre uh, gives us the opportunity to mm. do when it's when it's at its best. God, that was a really waffly question. No, it's good. I mean, is this making any sense? Yeah, of course it does. I mean, if theatre does anything, it asks us who we are. It gives us an, affords us an opportunity to ask ourselves who we are and um, to have a look at an idea. I suppose the temptation with a piece of theatre is that you can look at a life or a story with a beginning and an end, and therefore you can close it down and you can interpret it. Whereas we all know that real life is much more complicated because it's sort of uh, indefinable, isn't it? And the, the play cleverly bounces between those two realities. So it feels like, uh, as, a, as a piece of theatre, as a director, you can have your cake and eat it in that you're presenting a, a, a a world that behaves along sort of uh, psychological lines but also it's an event that's happening within this room and that's certainly an idea that um, Bunny Christie the designer and I ran with about creating an environment whereby the audience was ever present in order just to keep um, just pricking that idea and, uh, and making that present in the evening because it feels to me that when we go to, actually there's a line in the play that, you, that those of you that haven't seen it might enjoy it when it comes up, is it feels to me that we, we, never, we never totally lose the, the awareness that we're watching a piece of theatre. We choose to suspend our disbelief, but we're never totally hoodwinked. We're always part of that um, conspiracy, willingly. And I love the idea that the play and the, the production isn't patronising, it involves the audience and involves that awareness of the audience mm. and I think we get, we get quite a lot out of that we get, we certainly with Denise's wonderful performance, we get a real emotional connection with that character Well and also it's not patronising in any sense of putting forward a particular view of um, you know, this is how treatment should work or these people are you know, difficult and need to be dealt with it, it's very open ended and you, you don't, you're not offering answers, you're putting forward various different perspectives because obviously there has been there's been a lot of criticism of this these kind of programs yeah. but also you make very clear in the play that for an awful lot of people they are a huge lifeline and I think all of those aspects are explored through the characters but not in a way that is in a, intended to be didactic but how difficult was it to keep all those different viewpoints in mind when you were putting the, the script together it, uh, I think it's more to do with the f I don't I don't personally have any answers. So if I knew, if I had a really strong opinion, then I'd, I'm sure I'd try and find a way to put it in. But I, th I, th I think also in the act of writing a play, if I really had a strong opinion about something, if I really had certainty about it, I wouldn't <coughs> spend my time trying to find a, f a form to express my anxiety about it. Yeah, it, it's, it's completely, hopefully the play contains all my anxieties about um, living in the present moment and in, in the world as it is, and also about um, about AA and about um, rehabilitation and about uh, uh, the defend the um, the coping strategies and, and the way we self medicate or the way we go about things. I it, it's about um, it's yeah it's I suppose it is about layering up different contradictory ideas and and <coughs> never settling on any of them. But it's it's more about sort of the play as a container for. Um, for that kind of anxiety, it's finding a form for uh, an anxiety, and 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 I think theatre can deal with, and audiences crave complexity, and and they don't. I think it's as you say, it can be incredibly patronising to be to be told just just simply one thing. I think um, 
you, you want to uh, be presented with a, with a conundrum of some kind. And also, mm. I mean, simply in terms of thematically what the play is about, um, recovery, the, the job of recovery is really hard and it's ongoing and it's never really resolved, actually. And, and the idea of uh, what, what, what the theatre form and what story form, narrative form, I think, craves is, is um, a conclusive moment. And, um, and I, 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 uh, how, to, how to say this in a simple way, it's, it's not accurate, it's mm. not accurate. That is not accurate of life. That's not how I experience life. You don't get those conclusive um, mo uh, moments of closure. It's it's more complicated and it's more com uh, uh, and more contradictory and it's ongoing. But how do you put that on 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 into an evening without it being massively anticlimactic or mm. open ended? How do you how do you uh, prepare an audience to accept complexity <laughs> and and the lack of a sort of uh, I think it's what Jeremy's saying, there's, there's, there's moments in the play as well which signa signal where you're headed and then just generally undermine mm. what you're expecting, <laughs> hopefully not in an unsatisfying way. And, and, yet the, and yet the evening comes, it turns a circle and it feels satisfying. We know that it's finished. Um, and, and that's because of the structural, you know, the, the keen eye for structure that, that you've got as a writer. I mean, it, it's worth, for me, it's worth... Um, sort of panning out slightly from from this discussion, uh, and the, the thing that really that, that really kept us emotionally authentic, I think, if we ha if you if you agree that we are emotionally authentic, that our aspiration was about representing real people's uh, real struggles around this territory. It felt it would have felt absolutely criminal, I think, to mm. be um, to be making a, a clever point at the expense of truth as we could argue it. So. We were incredibly careful to back up Duncan's hard work with you know, proper research and an involvement of several people who've gone through um, that process um, with all its challenges. And it was so reassuring to do so and to realise that Duncan's play and the production to, to a certain degree reflects that reality because it's really, it's, it's seriously uh, challenging and inspiring stuff. And there's a point in the play actually when you, you do touch on, um, you know, perhaps it was impossible to avoid the political context of talking about these kind of programs and the way that uh, cuts are affecting, you know, and that is touched on in the play. Was that something, had you thought perhaps you would try and stay away from that very uh, fraught territory or did you find that in the research you did it was impossible to tell those stories without mentioning the fact that uh, there are threats from outside to these? Well, we had big discussions about it. There was a lot more in the play, wasn't there, earlier. Um, and I think that came out of our desire, correct me if I go off beam here, but out of our desire to represent the organisations that had helped us and were properly struggling because mm. of cutbacks. So, um, you know, kind of disinvestment in these sort of programmes is clearly only saving up problems further down the line. And, social justice and in healthcare. So it, it, to me, it seems to be a no-brainer to invest in these sorts of frontline services. But sadly, the, the reality is, is that central government are pulling back on, on these things all the time. And we had a clear understanding of that from our research. And so we, I think it's fair to say that we made the characters discuss it a little bit more yeah. than actually it felt right with it whilst maintaining the integrity of the drama. So that's been really, really pared back and it doesn't feel uh, 
tendentious in the way that it that it did before but you can't engage with this sort of thing without realizing that a lot of people are facing some serious challenges mm. let's talk a bit about you've mentioned bonnie christie and this fantastic design that we're sitting in right now um what were the challenges of of staging a story which is quite an interior it was one person's quite interior struggle um and conveying perhaps you know in some instances conveying these wild highs of addiction substance addiction and also d making um something as potentially static as group therapy yeah. people sitting in uh, chairs in a circle uh, making that visually um exciting as well what were the at what point did the designer and the lighting and the music come together and did that influence the script at all i don't think it influenced the script because the script sort of was there and it was the most sort of ludicrously ambitious bit of writing with the most sort of brilliantly challenging but very painful things to realize um, as you for those of you that have seen it you'll know exactly what i'm talking about you'll know all the different environments that we have to represent and, we, and you'll also know and you'll discover that there's a there's a clever trick in the writing in that uh the reality as presented isn't isn't necessarily reality that that uh, that we all understand. It's the reality is understood by one particular character. Therefore, the world that Duncan's written doesn't behave in the way that the real world does. So put that together with um, the amount of things that we've got to achieve over the course of the evening that are clearly scripted, and the amount of people that have got to uh, enter and exit the stage, uh, as well as a sense that Emma's relationship with the audience is really crucial. I mean, there's a, there's, a, there's a moment, I mean, it's dangerous enough representing an actress undergoing these problems without alienating a, a general audience immediately. You know, that's a kind of real point mm. of uh, absolute danger. When you see that on the page, you think, oh God, she's an actress and she's talking a lot about her problems. You know, <laughs> this, is, uh, this, is, this, is really, this is gonna be really challenging. So it's a combination of all of those things and putting, them, putting all of those aspirations together and coming up with, with what we're now in, which is about, I suppose the main thing is about keeping an audience's um, emotional proximity to that central character and trying not to delay the drama uh, longer than necessary, uh, as well as this, the, I suppose the big idea is, is the idea that you won't appreciate until you see a, an audience back there, is that you always see, everyone in the audience will always see the actress character against an audience, um, which is just a way of just constantly uh, asking that question about what in our lives is <coughs> performed and what is authentic and can those two things coexist. So it was a really brilliant challenge, but uh, it was, I think it's the hardest design process I've, I've been on because the play is just really perverse. <laughs> <laughs> did you, did, was the, the script that you're working from, or that, that Jeremy's been working from, was that complete before the rehearsal started or have, did you find you were going back and revising once you had the, the, the actors cast and once you knew what the set was gonna look like? Yeah, it was, re it, we did a bit during, re during rehearsals, but I also did a lot right up to the wire. There, was new, there were new lines on press night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But also big restructures, re, big rewriting right up to the first day yeah. of rehearsal. There was a whole new script, I think, yeah. after, uh, on the first day, which, yeah. yeah which, you know, is, is, is a testament to the National Theatre because 
budgeting and delivering a production when the script is constantly changing is really, really tricky. Mm. And institutions generally, this is a fantastic institution, mm. but institutions generally function around stability and predictability, elements of those anyway. And so suddenly we were coming in with just completely new characters and completely mm. new environments, <coughs> new scenes. And yet everybody held their nerve because um, the art is the thing and the, and the National were just really supportive about, um, about allowing us to pursue Duncan's vision. So that was, that was really great. But it felt like one of those projects that could have just could have derailed at any at any mm. point, and I can't imagine us co-producing it with many other partners, and it and it being uh, going down as well as it as it has. So thank you. Let's talk briefly about um, Denise Goff's phenomenal performance. Um, did you, when you wrote this character, and, and you knew she was going to be? I mean, she's put through the entire spectrum mm. of human emotion, and uh, did you have? Somebody, did you have somebody like that in mind, or at what point did she come along and did it click, or you know, did you? What was the casting process like? We, I suppose, we had quite a conventional casting process in that um, you didn't have anyone in mind particularly, did you? Otherwise, um, they might have joined us. But we, so we opened it up. And we worked with Wendy in the casting department, and lots of lists, lots of discussions, and we couldn't have predicted who was going to do it. But Denise came in and just blew us away, it was absolutely amazing, completely on top of the material and uh, and just had it, had it down and we all thought well that was pretty special, maybe it was just a very good day for her. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's get her back in and we got her back in uh, and she, she came in and she just did it again and it was even better because she'd had spent longer with the thing and for the second audition we'd said um, can you look at these two particular bits? And she just nailed them and she knew them off by heart and um, brought her props in and just did the whole thing. It was like, well, that's pretty impressive. And then sort of foolishly, I thought, well, let's just throw a curveball at her. And we, there's, there's, a, there's um, a, a scene where the character has a lot of words and says a lot of complicated things with uh, a lot of different rhythms. Let's see how she copes with that. And she just obviously um, absorbed the whole script and she did that brilliantly as well. And she made it impossible not to cast mm. her. <laughs> we really tried, but <laughs> she, she wouldn't let us. So, you know, it was a, it's, a thrilling, it's a thrilling moment because um, it's, a tot it's a totally meritocratic thing that she's turned up. She's got herself this part and she's, you know, it's, I'm sure it's a, a significant chapter in, in what will be a really illustrious career, but it's a, it's a wonderful gift for us because when you look at it on the page, that's where the pressure is. Mm. Who the hell are you gonna get mm. to do that? It's a technically demanding part, it's an emotionally demanding part, um, and it's a part that has a lot of responsibility sewn into it because of who she's representing, and she's just flown with it, and it's been brilliant. I, I mean, I, I love actors, I really love actors, and I really like watching actors work hard and go through a lot um a lot on stage and um and uh, you it's a bit like field of dreams you know if you build it they will come you write this play with a big meaty part like this hoping that it just what it needed for it to really take off was it just lands at a particular moment and it, just as it's diverging with someone else's career it, she's and it, it was denise it, she just happened to be at this exact moment in her career exactly right um just ready to just grab it by the throat and um yeah it got a bit hairy for a bit and then we saw denise and we were like well that's a 
relief. That's that. <laughs> yeah, next problem. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, for those of you who haven't seen it, you do have a treat. I'm afraid we've got to leave it there. Um, thank you so much for coming. You. Uh, if thank you're you. about to see the play, um, you really do have a treat. I hope you enjoy it. Please join me in thanking Jeremy Heron and Duncan McMillan. Thank you.